You're listening to the Great Since 68 podcast, the dedicated Birmingham City women's audio show bringing you the latest news and interviews from the club. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Great Since 68 podcast. It is episode 39 and I'm joined by Chris today. How are you today, Chris? Not too bad, thank you. Craig, yourself? Yeah, I've not been too bad, thank you. It's been a nice weekend away for me. I went to Cheddar in Somerset, if anyone knows of it. Apparently where the cheese comes from. <laughs> yeah, the um, gorge. Yeah, the gorge, yeah. We, we went through there to get to a uh, tea room on one of the days. That was nice. Yeah, yeah. I had to have a nice scone parts. while we're down in Somerset. Well, it'd be rude not to, I suppose. What was Bristol like, Chris, before we get into the game? You briefly there, of course. Was the, we- the weather was obviously a bit terrible this weekend, but was it easy to get into Bristol? Yeah, yeah. We went down a, a little bit earlier and uh, had a meal with a with a friend who lives in Bristol and then they came to the game as well. So we, we, we travelled down the M5 a little bit earlier, but the traffic was OK. The, the weather wasn't great. Obviously, we, we slowed everything down a little bit, but it wasn't too bad. That's all right. We'll move into the game then, Chris. And it was a 1-0 win for Birmingham City. We're getting used to those this season. Birmingham City away at Bristol City, of course. Aoife Mannion with the goal in the second half. Quickly run down the events of the game, Chris. Obviously, the first major talking point probably was the penalty in the first half. It, it was obviously a pretty decisive decision to, for the referee to make. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's absolute stonewall penalty. A good ball over the top and, and Follis, who who made those runs all game. You know, she was she was a willing runner trying to get in behind the, the Bristol defence. Obviously, they'd, they'd banked up and, and were, were trying to be solid. They played three at the back, so they... You know, they were they were trying to make it difficult for us, but that ball over the top always seemed on with the rain that, that had come down as well. The surface was pretty skiddy, so a lot of the time the ball skidded on safely to Bagley. But this one, Follis ran onto it, forced the error from the defender and won the penalty. Like you say, it was a, it was a simple decision for the ref, but unfortunately Aoife uh, struck it well, but Sophie's guessed the right way and, and pulled off a really good save, to be fair. Yes, it's always a weird uh, situation for players when they're playing against former players, especially when it, they've got that sort of bond from the like a goalkeeper to like a, an offensive player. Even though obviously Eva's a defender, but you know you know what I mean, Chris. Obviously, it's yeah, they're, they're going to build up that rapport of knowing where they play penalties when they practice them in training. Yeah, absolutely. I think Eva said afterwards that she asked Sophie how she knew she was going that way, and she guessed. You know, Sophie guessed the right way. But obviously, as you say, she'd have faced a lot of a lot of Aoife's penalties in training over the last couple of years. So maybe it was a bit more of an educated guess. You know, she struck it well, Aoife, to be fair. And so Sophie's a good leap to her left to tip it round the post. Yeah, it's absolutely. And a quick word, obviously, for Sophie. She's won the PFA Player of the Month award recently. Obviously, she had a really good past month for Bristol City, Chris. And it just goes to show that even though she couldn't get in our team, because obviously Anne is a quality keeper who's kept her obviously out of the side in recent years. But it just shows that she has the quality and obviously she's pushing for that England spot now. Yeah, her her leaving Blues is no is no detriment to her. You know, it, it, it's more the quality of Anne, like you say, she... Sophie deserves to be playing first team football and you know she's she's absolutely more than good enough to be playing first team football you know she she couldn't displace Anne so so she's had to look elsewhere and but she's shown as you mentioned at the start of this season that you know her talent is there for all to see even in the in the Blues game you know she she commanded her area she bossed the defense around she made a really good penalty save a couple of other stops as well she's confident and and she's blossoming in in a number one role 
Absolutely, Chris. And obviously, in a few years, we could see the um, situation where we've got keepers like the likes of Mary Earps, Megan Walsh and Sophie Bagley um, vying for that top spot in the England squad. Yeah, and Ellie Roebuck as well. You know, there's there's a number of uh, of young, good English keepers around the game who are, who are showing their qualities and, and probably start start needing to, to get recognition on the international scene. Then we went into the second half, Chris. It was 0-0 at the break and Aoife Mannion picked herself up and scored an absolute gem of a goal, Chris. Talk me through it. Yeah, so, so, I mean, we were in full control. I don't think... I don't think Bristol. I don't remember Bristol having a having a shot. Never mind a shot on target. It just felt at half time that we needed to move it a little bit quicker, and we certainly did that second half. But Aoife's goal, we were stood right behind the goal that it went in, and she struck it really well. I thought Sophie was going to tip it over at the very last minute. It just dips and swerves to the left, and and just outfoxes Sophie completely. And thankfully for Blues, nestled underneath the bar into the back of the net. She's always willing to try a, a long-range shot, and she's got she's got the ability, she's got the technique to do that. And and it paid off on Sunday. Um, you know, thankfully when when we needed it. Yeah, absolutely, Chris. And as me and the guys from the Blues cast have emulate uh, talked about recently, obviously she reminds us a lot of David Louise in the way she plays, and she's quite happy with that uh, comparison. She's a player who maturing as a defender uh, first and foremost but obviously she's got that attacking um will willingness to go forward obviously and she can play into midfield and she can obviously take the shot on as well and she she's great from a dead ball as well as she's proven from penalties in the past and it's just it's just her overall games improving each week yeah it doesn't matter who she's up against the thing about louis david louise i think there's that long-range shot and that technique with, with the shot that, that is quite similar. Um, obviously, both very, very comfortable on the ball. But you always think there's a mistake in David Louise, and he's a little bit erratic at times. Couldn't be further opposite from Aoife. She's so calm, so comfortable. And if you're in a spot of bother and you see Aoife on the ball or, or Aoife going towards it, you, you just calm yourself down a little bit because you know she's going to deal with it. There's, you know, she's She's really blossoming into... I said it in the interview, and I, and I think most Blues fans, certainly Blues fans, and I think other fans as well, neutral fans, have got to start thinking now that she's the best centre half in this league. You know, that's my opinion, uh, and and it's it's the opinion of, of quite a number of Blues fans, and and that international call up, I know Sean has mentioned to Efa as well as other fans as well. The international game will suit her down to the ground because you know when you're playing for England. In nine games out of ten, England are going to have 80-odd percent of the ball. And with Aoife in the team, that would just give us so many more options. Teams still like to press Blues and like to think that there's a mistake in the back at times. And sometimes Aoife and, and the defence don't get a vast amount of time on the ball. But certainly in, on the international scene, um, I think Aoife's going to gonna blossom and, and go on to bigger and better things. Yeah, absolutely, Chris. She's consistent every week, and as you say, it's sec- almost second nature the way that they can play play the, a quick pass away when they're under pressure now for the, uh, the Blues, and it's it's paying off. The, the work the work that Mark Skinner's done over the few, last few years is paying off, and they're all becoming better players because of it. Yeah. So let's go into that interview that Chris has alluded to a few times now. Chris spoke to goal scorer Aoife Mannion after the final whistle, and I'll let Chris take it from there who are at Bristol for the Great Since 68 podcast and I've got match winner Aoife Mannion with me. Aoife, first of all, talk us through that strike. 
can't even remember it. I just I was dribbling there, sort of across the face of the goal, yeah. and no one was coming out to to put, sort of defend me. So I just sort of hit it, and it just went in. I really I really can't remember what, what it even looks like. I just felt it in the moment. Yeah. I'm glad that it makes up for the for the missed penalty in the first half. So we needed it. From my point of view, I thought that it was a good save from Sophie from the penalty. But that penalty miss, obviously, you stand up to take it. Yeah. Sophie saved it, but you got the confidence to step up and you know you'll, you'll be there for the next one I'm sure that's it I asked her after the game if she like how she knew where I was going to go and she said she just guessed yeah. she knew me from playing with me yeah. so that means I'm going to have to do some practicing and training uh, because now that I'm taking more and more keepers are going to start to guess which way I'm yeah. going to go um, so that's on me and that's my practice So, but I'm glad that we got the win yeah. from behind the goal it looked like the ball your goal the ball moved a lot from left to right it's dipped just at the right moment you, you've hit a couple of them I think you know over the last 18 months or so I think you hit the bar from long range at Reading I think it was might have been I've been waiting for that goal since 2010 (laughs) I've been waiting eight years for a goal like that so I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna celebrate it actually (laughs) and after um after the the last couple of weeks obviously we've had internationals recently and and your name wasn't in the squad which most Blues fans will say you know where, where is that name in that full England squad obviously it's you're not in the England squad by scoring goals, but scoring goals like that certainly helps. Yeah, I was on standby for that camp. I think that's the closest to the squad that I've ever actually got, officially. Right. So I'd love to represent Birmingham uh, in that squad. We, obviously, we've got Lucy Stan, we've got Ellen White, yeah. and I'd love to be part of it too. But until then, I'm going to keep working hard for Blues and uh, win by 5 0 or 1 0. We'll keep steaming forward and we'll keep picking up those points. Absolutely. Uh, obviously, Blues fans, you know, we see you week in, week out. You know, from from a personal point of view, I know a lot of the view is shared by a lot of people. We think you're the best centre half in the league. So, yeah. <laughs> so you know, the, the question really, you know, we, we're baffled as to as to where your name is. Are you in contact with Phil Neville? Does he, does he keep contact with you and keep you updated of, of what he's thinking and and things like that? Yeah, he does. He does keep in contact with me and he's like giving me a few tips of what I can work on. Um, and like I said, I was in standby for the last camp. So there's loads I can work on, there really is. Um, so if it's not today, it'll, it'll be in the future and that, that's out of our hands, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but like I say, like days like this is what football's all about. Winning for your club, away games. That's what the fans deserve. They don't drive two hours away just to watch a nil-nil draw. So I'm so, so happy that we've been able to get that win today. Absolutely, and it's another 1-0 win. You know, which we've picked up in the league, Texas further up in the league. Other results today: Arsenal thumping Chelsea away, Man City winning comfortably at home. You, you want to be keeping in touch with that, with the top of the table as it is. Yeah, definitely. And seven-one or five-nil or one-nil. Guess what? It's all three points. And uh, there's so much we need to work on on our performance. We really need to convert our chances. But ultimately, you take the three points anyhow you can get them and that's what we've done today and that's what we're going to look to do against Chelsea next week and from a, from a fan's perspective you know b- bouncing back today there were, I, I felt the way we controlled the game from, from start to finish really Bristol never looked never looked to impose themselves on the game well we never let them impose themselves on the game it was a you know a, a relief you know from, from what happened against Man City a couple of weeks ago so it's good to get back to that controlling the game and looking solid yeah Mark said to us before the game today was about getting back to winning performances and that's all we can control what we do when we, we reviewed the Man City game and it wasn't us we didn't move off the ball we didn't support each other good our passes weren't crisp enough we really tried to correct that today of course it's always hard when the team that you're playing against don't come at you as much as you would like them to 
but as we try and keep control of the ball, that's what teams are going to do um, because they know that if they do come out at us, that, that's how we like to play. Um, so, you know, I'm so happy we've been able to convert that performance from Man City that wasn't good enough into something for our fans today. Brilliant. Bring on Chelsea next week. Thank yes. you, Aoife. Thanks so much. Thanks, The win means Birmingham City remain in second in the WSL table behind Arsenal. A quick roundup of the other games this past weekend then, and Manchester City continued their winning form after beating us last week with a 7-1 victory over West Ham. Chris, I I couldn't believe the score when I saw this because I've given how they've played recently. I didn't think Manchester City had this in them. Looking back at the game on the women's football show, West Ham just played into their hands. They had one of the worst off days I think I've seen from West Ham this season. Defensively, it was a horror show. They, they played a high line and they let Paris run them ragged. Um, 3-0 down at the... After twenty odd minutes, I think it was. You know, the the second goal is 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 horrendous defending, a slice clearance, and then and then Paris with the sort of back header into the far post, and then the third goal, a simple through ball from from the, the ever impressive Caroline Weir, uh, and Paris is through again, and and you're thinking, oh my goodness, you know, obviously we only saw it on on the women's show, but if you'd have been there, you. Yeah, the start of the way West Ham defended at the start of the game, you certainly could have seen six or seven coming. Um, but then, you know, it took it took until the seventieth odd minute for them to get the fourth, and then and then they capitulated again. Definite work to do for Matt Beard um, from a defensive sense. There, they showed their attacking ability away at Arsenal by getting three goals against Arsenal, but they are conceding goals. A lot of goals have got an experienced back line. Rafferty, Spencer and Flaherty all coming from Chelsea last season. They they need to they need to up their game and, and, and player the experienced players need to need to, to get the others the other girls round and, and, and start looking a little bit more solid because they can't keep shipping goals like they have been. Moving on to another high-scoring game. It was a weekend of high-scoring games, apart from our game and ours. Yeah, <laughs> apart from ours, of course. But but we're we're the one-nil team, so we don't really That's need the goals, it, yeah, as, yeah. as Aoife said in the interview just a moment ago. Chelsea lost five-nil to Arsenal in this past weekend. I watched this on was was it BBC? Oh, it was BT Sport, wasn't it on Sunday? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I couldn't believe my eyes when I was watching this. Just how Ars- obviously Arsenal started the season really well, and I, and you can see that they're the team to beat. But Chelsea just got torn apart in this one Chris and we we really you you were you, you must have been surprised by the scoreline when you saw it you mentioned about the Man City game talking of games that you results that you didn't see coming this was certainly one of them I actually backed Arsenal I thought Arsenal would win it the confidence that they've had at the start of the season Chelsea not scoring as as, as fluidly as they have last last couple of seasons but I certainly didn't expect five coming but yeah, the movement that the the front players Miedemar and Mead, and then you've got players like Kim Little and Jordan Nobbs bursting on, supporting with, with their technical ability. They're, they've got a really good side, Arsenal, and they're showing why why they're they're, they're serious title contenders now. Probably massive favourites now, actually, after that result, you know, and deservedly so because yeah, apart from the, the the West Ham game, which which showed just some slight flaws. You know, obviously conceding three against West Ham shows that defensively they could be there to be got at, but you don't want to leave gaps because they're going to destroy you, as they did to Chelsea. Yeah, absolutely, and we'll touch more on Chelsea in a bit. But a quick word on Arsenal, of course. Uh, 
they've they've brought in a bit under the radar this is obviously because i've only just found about this yesterday but leanne hall our former goalkeeping and assistant manager has gone to arsenal so working with the goalkeepers there that, yeah and it, it, i don't think it's any surprise chris that um obviously they've brought in uh peral magnin i think her name is yes. the goalkeeper and obviously they're they keep they're not well they conceded goals against west ham obviously but they, they look tighter at the back and and maybe sarah van vinadal obviously he's had a great uh, European Championships, was it? Yeah. Yeah, but she's obviously not... She ha- She's liable for a few mistakes in the league, and some people were calling um, why was she, like, essentially dropped from the team this season. But uh, Arsenal are proving defensively. They're, they're much more reassured this season, and Leanne Hall must have some sort of impact on that. Yeah, you defend from the front. You know, we're, we're showing that. You know, we're, we're keeping a lot of clean sheets, but we defend from the front and we press high, and, and it's... You know, we, we don't let teams have control of the game. Um, you know, we, we like to have control of the game. We like to have control of the ball. When you've got players as gifted as, as Jordan Nobbs and, and Kim Little in the side, you know, it, it makes it a hell of a lot easier to control games and stay in possession of the football. And and it's difficult for teams to get it off you. And, and if you've got the ball, then the chances are the opposition aren't going to score many goals. And they've obviously got two very good goalkeepers, which Leanne Hall can work with now. But they look at a more solid unit, the, the likes of Nobbs and Little, when they're fully fit and they're firing, they'll, they'll cause anybody problems and, and Miedema's putting the goals away clinically, so they've got the makings of a very, very good team. Absolutely. The next game this past weekend was Everton free, Brighton free. This one, Chris, had um, loads of goals and Ellie Brazil returning from Italy, the former Blues striker, of course, got two late headers to get a point for her team. It's great to see her back in this league, Chris, and getting finally getting back in the goals. Brighton haven't had the best start to the season, but I'm not sure if it if you can pin that on Ellie Brazil. But obviously, she didn't start. Came on at half time and showed what what she can do in the opposition area. Again, both sides defensively pretty suspect. To leave Ellie Brazil unmarked for the first goal was poor, but then five minutes later to leave her unmarked again after she's just done that to you is is pretty poor marking. Uh, it's good for Brighton to get that point. You know, hopefully it'll give them, it'll give them a bit of a boost, scoring three goals away from home and getting a point. You know, after after the start to the season they've had, it it was needed. And uh, again, Everton will be disappointed being three one up and and letting that lead slip. Yeah, obviously Everton and Brighton are the two of the teams that are struggling this season on minimal points, of course. The other team struggling at the bottom, as they were last year, was Yeovil Town. And they can't get much less luck than they did against Liverpool this past weekend. It was 1-1 and then a Jess Clark deflected effort that the defender basically took it from one end of the goal to the other end of the goal into the bottom corner. Just how unlucky are Yeovil at the moment, Chris? This probably sums up their season so far. Yeah, it's unlucky... I'm, I'm sure Megan Walsh would have saved it if it hadn't have got the deflection. But, I mean, Jess Clark had a lot of shots on goal in that game, got the ball a lot, and, you know, they, they were under a lot, a hell of a lot of pressure in that second half. Megan Walsh really keeping Yeovil in it for, for for that second period. And you just think, oh, close down the shot earlier, you know, and stop letting the ball get out to Clark out wide. And, unfortunately, they couldn't do it. They, they, they couldn't hold on to that point. I don't, I don't know where Yeovil go from here, Chris, because obviously that it, it seems every week they're, they're conceding like 30-odd shots on goal, and that's going to take a toll on your team, no matter how hard or motivated the manager can make you. Of course, you know, and, and event, you know, if, you, if you're letting 30 shots on your goal, 
at some point you're going to get an unlucky deflection which is going to nestle in the corner and Megan Walsh can only can only do so much in that goal I think they've got to work they've got to work harder in stopping the shots coming in in the first place whether it's completely bank up or you know I'm not sure where they go like you said it's difficult for them transitioning to to full time this season you'd hope that the fitness would improve and and that they can keep keep going and keep fighting until the 90th minute but certainly they can't afford to keep allowing teams to have as many chances on goal as as, as they are at the moment yeah as you say and obviously they're, they're still only one point off Brighton who are the team out of the relegation zone at the moment so there's still plenty of the season to go but obviously they need to turn it around soon they've got the experience of last season as well so you know this is this is their second season at it they, they know the players that that they've got to come up against and they know the levels that they've got to get to it's whether they can get to that those levels quick enough to to save themselves absolutely arsenal and manchester city are the only teams not to lose a game yet in this league man city probably should have done last week but less less about that said the better i guess arsenal play reading this weekend chris do you think reading could put up a challenge and possibly get a point off them for the first time it's, it's a difficult one i think reading won did reading win there in the continental cup last season so they'll go there with confidence, but there's, there's going there with confidence and, and being able to stop that, that four players going forward. They need to they need to keep the ball uh, a lot better than Chelsea did, certainly. But I think Arsenal will have too much for Reading. It goes to show how good your knowledge is, Chris, because it was, it was a 2-1 win to Reading away at Arsenal in November last year in the Continental Cup. Yeah, so I thought well it was the Cup, yeah, yeah. It's a much-changed team from then, though. You've got the likes of Jody Taylor still on the team there, Anna Morehouse. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the mindset of Arsenal is completely different now. They've they look like they've got that confident ego of Arsenal back that they're they're the best you know that they'd had five six years ago when the WSL started. It looks like that Arsenal of old, which is ominous for everybody else, but you know a positive for Arsenal fans certainly. Yeah, it's 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 quite remarkable when they. I think if they put it in the game on Sunday, it was how uh, long it's been since they've been in the Champions League. It's been. Since the since they since they played us and we knocked them out of the Champions League, yeah, that's the last time they played in it, yeah. which is remarkable. It's crazy, isn't it? Really, when you think about it, the history of Arsenal ladies. I mean, they look showings for for top two certainly at the moment. The the way the season's gone, but yeah, I think I think people are having massive favourites for the title at the moment. The WSL show thinks it's between Arsenal and Man City, so. Well, there's one point in it, but obviously there's no there's no other teams possibly challenging at the moment. Oh no! Going to the table? No, no, no. no. Speaking of the table, let's have a look at the table. Arsenal are top with 12 points. And then it must be City second then. I think there's some other team in the middle. Oh, is, oh, is there? Oh, apparently. Strange. Birmingham City are second oh, with 12 points. Okay. Manchester City in third with 11 and Reading in fourth with seven. So we'll move now on to the preview of this weekend. We play the champions Chelsea. Chelsea have obviously changed their captain over the summer. Obviously, Katie Chapman retired and Karen Carney took over the captain's armband. She is a player that's synonymous with Birmingham City over the years. She's obviously been one of our talismans in previous years. She's gone to Chelsea and obviously she's won some more things. And she's just a quality player, Chris. And obviously she might not get the game time that she would like now, but she's still a quality player. Yeah, I mean, when you put it on paper, possibly still England's most creative player. Technically gifted, good with both feet, very attack-minded. Such a big player in the women's game over the last 10 10 years or so, 10, 15 years. I think her getting the captaincy wasn't a massive surprise, the club captaincy, um, even if her her playing time has been has been reduced over the last few years. 
I think I think Rich Laverty said the same. Chris, the most creative player. Oh, that did they? Have. Oh, yeah, well, you, you... great minds think alike, obviously. <laughs> Chelsea were thumped last weekend. We would expect a reaction, Chris, for, based based on oh, how yes. they performed against Arsenal. Yeah. Oh, you would expect so. I think it's very important that players and supporters as well have, have got to get that mindset that actually, do you know what? Don't worry about what Chelsea are thinking of coming and doing. You know, we we play our game. If we're at our best, then then we can beat anybody. Listen, Chelsea were absolutely flying, as confident as you could possibly wish to be at the back end of last season when we went there. 1-1 with them until the very last second. Could have snuck it. That last-minute winner for Chelsea stopped us getting something from that game. So there's absolutely no reason why we can't get something from the game. If we're at our best, then Chelsea will have to be at their best to beat us. Yeah, as you say, Chris, it was a 2-1 win for Chelsea last time we played them, as you say, Chris, at King's Meadow. It was an injury time winner from Aaron Cuthbert. But what might surprise some people listening is obviously Birmingham City had more of the possession away from home against Chelsea. We had 57% of the possession. And this is, as you say, at the peak of Chelsea's dominance in the league last season. So it goes to show that when we're on form, we can match these teams. And... Even if we haven't got Ellen White in the team, as we say, we've still got we've still scoring goals this season, and and arguably the defence are scoring more goals than the attacking players. Which, if that doesn't give incentive to the strikers to put some more away, I don't know what will. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 you're right. I'd love Charlie and Emma and Lucy and Stan to to be getting four goals each game, but if we're winning one nil, honestly, I let anybody score it. You know, it, it's not an important stat that your strikers are scoring goals. All that matters is, is that points tally at the end of the day. Chelsea have got tons of ability, a massive firepower going forward. But we, we've shown the Man City game we, was our worst performance in probably 12 months. We really should have beat a Man City side that have just beat West Ham 7-1 at our worst. You know, We should have won that game and that would have been five wins out of five. Teams don't like playing against us and Chelsea will know that it's going to be difficult against us and really focusing on this game because they'll know that it's a tricky one after the result they've just had. Yeah, they've obviously got the Champions League game in between these yes. two matches. But as, as we proved against Man City, it, it doesn't seem like the Champions League effect has much effect on teams that have been professional for a good number yeah, of years. Yeah, yeah. But as you say, we shouldn't fear them. And the, the important thing is, so we, we're not overawed by the situation and we, we don't let the, the reputations of these Chelsea players um, affect how we play and we should play our own game. And as as we're at home, it, we should uh, have a good have a good chance to get something out of this game, Chris. Yeah, you you prepare properly, you know, you you train well, and 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 you work out what Chelsea how, what Chelsea are going to do when they come to us. But you concentrate on your own game first and foremost, and if that if that works, if that pays off, and we and we play our own game well, then then Chelsea are going to find it difficult, certainly. The bulk of Chelsea's squad have obviously stayed the same, but there's been some ins and outs over the summer. Jess Carter coming from Birmingham City, of course. Sophie Ingle from Liverpool. Ali Riley, who came on for her first game against Arsenal, which which wasn't a bit fair on her, really. She came from Rosengard and then had to come in. I think it was about 4-0 down when yeah. she came on for this past weekend. And Adelina Eggman from Gothenburg as well. Players that have gone out. Katie Chapman, obviously, I mentioned, retired. Enia Luko went to Juventus. Claire Rafferty and Jill Flaherty went to West Ham. That's that's a tongue twister to say. Yeah, <laughs> and Becky Spencer as well. 
and Becky Spencer, of course, to West Ham, and Gemma Davidson to Reading. A lot of those players, Chris, are more uh, veteran players now, They're the ones that have been there and done, yeah. done it. And obviously, do you think that leadership is missing from the fringes this season? It, the, to keep to keep to keep the maybe the harmony together. I don't know what I don't know what what it is. It's just something at Chelsea that's not really working at the moment. Certainly possible. You know that, like you mentioned, that the the girls that have left have been there and and done it and they've won lots of things over the years you know and serial winners who who know how to get the job done certainly there's no issue with the quality in Chelsea squad but you know losing that many that many big big influences in the dressing room you know Chapman obviously was was the long-term captain Flaherty at the back Rafferty's been around for so long um you know who else? Jimmy Davison has been has been around and won won things. I think I think it definitely has. You know, look at the results. Look at the way things have gone. You know, Chelsea will probably deny that and and say that they're they're, they're stronger than they've ever been as as a unit. But but results show otherwise. And and perhaps it is that so many so many big personalities leaving the dressing room at, at once. Maybe it has caught up with them a little bit. But certainly they're they're still a very very good team with with really, really quality players. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of quality in this team. And there's something about winning the league and obviously trying to defend it that in any league, it seems like it's a difficult thing to do. And obviously, players can become jaded about what they've already achieved. I don't know. It's just a, it's a weird one, isn't it, Chris? Yeah. Focus switch to the Champions League a little bit more, you know, more focus on, on winning in Europe. And, and, and they took the league for granted a little bit based on how comfortably they won it last season. But what are they now on six points, is it six points Chelsea are on now? Three draws and a win so. and a defeat. So already six points behind us and Arsenal. Arsenal with, with a game in hand as well. So, you know, potentially nine points behind Arsenal already at this stage of the season. And and you'd be looking at it saying if they don't beat us on Sunday, their title challenge could be over. And they've, they've essentially, Arsenal got, got another point already because they're yeah, with effectively the goal yeah. Yeah, 20, 21 goals ahead. It's crazy. After four games for Arsenal, that's this remarkable. Yeah, we'll move on to the predictions then, Chris. It's going to be an interesting game, obviously. Um, after what happened to Chelsea last weekend, what do you think is going to happen? I, I think Chelsea are going to come out. It's difficult. We'll see what they do on on Wednesday night in the Champions League. I, I think they'll win that game, um, and and that might just give them a little bit of confidence back. But I think either way, that they'll come out the traps quickly. Uh, and try and try and dictate the game and try and put their influence on the game. We know how strong we are at home, bar that last Man City game. And I, and I think that might be in our heads as well, that, that we want to put in a better performance than we did in our last home game. Live on BT Sport, we'll want to put in a good performance for that. I'm sure international managers will be watching as well, so it's, it's, a, good, it's a good moment for, for our young English players to shine and show what they can do against a top-class outfit. I think I will back us to win 2-1. 2-1, Chris is going for. I I, I thought oh, it could be 0-0, but then given given that we're scoring goals and our, I expect Chelsea to score after after what happened last yeah. weekend, I'm going to go for I'm going to go for a 1-1 draw. And that was the Great Sense 68 podcast. To listen to future shows or listen back to our previous ones, go to iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcast platform you may use and search for GreatSense68 and subscribe today. Thanks for listening, and remember, keep right on! Keep right on till the end of the road! Keep right on!